as you know, the the informal trading sector is a source of income for many households, and it sustains people from from well many people in the context of our 30 percent, 37 percent unemployment. So what it really means is that we'll start to see a more regularized and more well-managed sort of informal trading sector, whereas currently, um, in terms of bylaws, uh, there's, there's, there's not much regulation and there's not much management of uh, the, 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 the sector for our citizens as well as the foreigners trading in that space currently. Now, briefly take us through the application process for trading permits and what criteria needs to be met for a permit to be issued. So, well, everyone that is interested in applying as, as an informal trader can, can collect uh, an informal trading uh, application form uh, at the informal trading unit or public libraries or simply log on to our COJ website. All you'll need is a certified copy of your ID, a passport, and in the case of foreigners, authorization issued by the relevant immigration authorities. Now, what happens to the current special COVID-19 permits that was issued by the Department of Labor to the informal traders? Will they remain valid? Uh, they will not, unfortunately. Uh, a new process, all informal traders will have to undergo a, a new process. Uh, so that we'll, well, we do encourage them to, to do that. It, it basically allows the city to understand who we have uh, you know, within our borders and who we need to assist um, when, when you look at informal trading. So I can understand that it's a it's a process, but how many stores will you be allocating to South Africans for trade? And does this include spaza shops? And what measures will be in place to avert the unauthorized subletting of stalls across the city? So there, there, there isn't a, a definite number. I know the MMC has thrown around 8,000 units. Um, and and well, let me, let me rephrase by saying we, we have 8,000 units available. And... Um, of course, we will be prioritizing, you know, those that are already in the system. Uh, in terms of subletting, this was an issue that came up uh, quite extensively in, in 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 the Section 79, the Economic Section 79, where we've seen this being a, a trend, you know, through, uh, throughout um, throughout this um, throughout the sector. So we have measures in place. Um, which we, which uh, include fines that can be um, you know um, imposed on on certain individuals if they are found in contravention of this, their their permits can be can be cancelled. Um, so that those are some of the measures as well as JNPD um, undergoing a process of um, you know managing and monitoring um, you know who who we currently have trading in our streets. We also have a subcommittee that operates um, in the sector. The subcommittee, as I've mentioned, is, 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 it includes JMPD, it includes the planning officials, residents associations, NGOs, and civic bodies, and is chaired by the Department of DD, mm-hmm. all in an effort to limit things such as mm-hmm. subletting. Why did it take so long to approve this policy? So the, the policy was initially drafted in 2018. It did unfortunately stall for for a number of reasons, and I think the reasons are based uh, on uh, the lack of public uh, participation, uh, the policy being sent to to to, to council. Well, l- l- let me let me re- start by saying the policy was was sent to 
Section 79. We perused it, we, we looked at it, and we were, we were unhappy with some elements um, of, of, of the policy. For instance, there, there wasn't any clarity yes. with regards to the application process. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any clarity with regards to bylaw enforcement and bylaw management. So it did go back to the Department of DED yes. and then came back again. Uh, and uh, came mm -hmm. back again, and the committee was happy, and then it went to council. All right.